At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm friendly hello. Welcome to all of you, Las Vegas. For the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Houston Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. Joining me in the second segment, Christian. He does a great job over there at Monumental Sports Network. He is going to be... Taking a look at what we're going to be getting in terms of the trade deadline. We're going to be taking a look at a few games for Wednesday with him as well. We're going to be taking a look at a lot of the East Coast teams on this day as well. How they're going to be winding up stacking up. So we're going to have a great time chatting with Chris in the second segment. Does a great job with the show by the book. Which you're able to catch every Monday through Friday every Monday through Friday on the Monumental Sports Network, which actually record that at the same home of the Washington Wizards. So pretty cool over there. And Chris always delivers some great insights. And in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them off. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we got one or two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at junit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in too many Twitter questions today. And just a little bit of a note that some of the West Coast games I might not be able to recap on this show just because, well, I'm going to be doing the look at all week on VSIN. That is going to be from... 10 to 1 Pacific time, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. if you're out there on the East Coast. 
1 to 4 a.m. Eastern Time. That is going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the West Coast, bleeding into Friday. You're out there on the East Coast, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we got you guys all covered there with lots of intel, getting you guys set for the upcoming NFL season. Obviously, taking a look at the game of baseball that we all know and love as well. So let's take a look back at what we wound up getting on Tuesday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Polish up a few games from what we wound up seeing on Monday as well. It's right around a plus 270 underdog. Washington Nationals got the job done by a count of 4-1 to one as Yadier Hernandez got his 7th home run season off of Tony Gonsolin as Gonsolin in this game. He wound up giving up 4 runs over the course of 6 innings, including that homer. David Price, Reyes, Maranta, Caleb Ferguson all were able to give you a scoreless setting in for Washington. Paulo Espino gives up a solo home run in his 4 innings of work going deep. Mr. Trace Thompson, his 3rd home run season, but... From there, you wound up having Kyle Finnegan, Carl Edwards Jr., Hunter Harvey, Victor Rano, Andres Machado, all wind up giving you a scoreless inning. You did wind up seeing the Seattle Manners be able to get a 4-3 to win on Monday with Chris Flexen getting the W with two runs surrendered over the course of six innings. You did wind up having, for the Rangers, a home run off the bat of Adelis Garcia off of him, 18th home run season, then Nate Lowe got low off of Diego Casio. 14th home run season. Casio gives up one run in a third of an inning, but this has been a Mariners bullpen that has been firing all cylinders. Eric Swanson, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Andres Munoz, Paul Sewell, both give you a scoreless setting in Ty France. He went deep off the starter, Glenn Otto, for his 13th home run season. Otto gave up three runs in five and a third innings. Brock Burke gives up a run in one and a third innings with Jose Leclerc, Dennis Santana, combining for one and a third inning scoreless. The Oakland A's as an underdog also wound up winning on Monday as well. We are doing these games because these are the games that for Tuesday are still a little bit TBD. But for Houston, you did wind up having Chaz McCormick get his 10th home run of the season. And Jeremy Pena get his 15th. 15th of the season for Pena winds up coming off of Adam Oliver. Winds up giving up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of five innings. And Lou Trevino gave up the other home run in his inning of work. But... The A's bullpen starting to come together. Zach Jackson, A.J. Puck combined for two scoreless settings. Domingo Acevedo, a scoreless setting. And going into Tuesday, the A's scored a combined 15 runs in their last two games as Tony Kemp went deep off of Jake Odorizzi for his fourth home run season. And Sky Bolt, his third home run the campaign as Jake Odorizzi, a bad start, giving up six runs over the course of five innings, including a pair of bombs before Phil Maton and Ryan Sanick. Combined for three innings pitch, giving up one run along the way. And the Arizona Diamondbacks held the San Francisco Giants scoreless on Monday by a count of 7-0. to zero. Things not going well for the Giants as they entered into Tuesday 48-48. and 48 And they could muster nothing in this game as Merrill Kelly wound up going eight scoreless innings. Keenan Middleton, Noe Ramirez combined for the final scoreless inning. And then for the Arizona Diamondbacks, 5-17 of 17 with men in scoring position as not a terrible start here from Jacob Junis, giving up just one run in four and a third innings off the injured list, but Sammy Long and you also wound up having Mr. Gregory Santos combined for three innings. They gave up a combined five runs, and John Brebbia gave a pair of outs out of the bullpen as well. But on Tuesday, you did wind up seeing a situation to where it was very good for the Toronto Blue Jays, 10-3. to They take down the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are playing this series without Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. That really puts them behind the eight ball. As you do end up having a home run off the bat of Dylan Carlson against Jose Barrios. Sixth home run of the season for Barrios. Three runs surrendered in five and two-thirds innings. You'd like to see him be a little bit better, especially if you want the Blue Jays to be able to make a run to the postseason. And really not to the postseason, but in the postseason. David Phelps. 
Maximo Castillo along with Jeremy Beasley. I'll give you a scoreless setting at Tim Meza and out of the bullpen. And for the Blue Jays, certainly the power was there for them. George Springer gets his 18th home run season. Flagger Jr. is 21st. And then Alejandro Kirk, don't call his name, but call him a man that now has 12 home runs this season. For Andre Pallanti, the starter, gave up that home run to Flagger Jr. Three runs surrendered in four innings. Junior Fernandez gives up the other bombs, giving up three runs at his inning of work. Jordan Nix gave up four runs while getting just five outs. And TJ McFarlane, four outs out of the bullpen, but certainly a bit of a depleted St. Louis Cardinals team right now. The Mets are firing all cylinders, so they wound up being able to take game number one of the Subway Series by kind of 6-3 against the Yankees as Jordan Montgomery gives up a pair of home runs early in this one. Five runs, four of which were earned, surrendered in two and a third innings, going deep for the Metropolitans. Eduardo Escobar, 12th home run of the season, and Starling Marte of the Marte Parte gets his 10th in. Diamond Walker on the flip side did allow a pair of home runs himself. Three runs surrendered over the course of six innings, including home runs to Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge. Judge is 38th of the campaign, and then Rizzo gets his 23rd before Adam Adovino gives you five outs out of the bullpen scoreless, and Edwin Diaz, a four-out save going scoreless in that. And for the New York Yankees, Bullpen wasn't too bad here. You did have Alberto Abreu give up a run in an inning, but Juani Peralta, Aroldis Chapman, Jonathan Malaiska, I'll give you a scoreless inning, and Ron Medanacchio was able to give you five outs out of the bullpen without allowing a thing. The Cleveland Guardians take it to the boss of Red Sox 8-3, and what was a bullpen game for the Cleveland Guardians, but they only got two fewer outs out of their opener rather than the boss of Red Sox got on their starter. It's Josh Winkowski. It was more like Josh Luzkowski in this one. Goes three innings, gives up five runs, including a pair of homers going deep for Cleveland. Austin Edges, sixth home run of the season, and Nolan Jones, the second. From there, the bullpen was not too bad, as Austin Davis gives up two runs, one of which was earned in his inning of work. Tanner Oak gives up a run in an inning. Itakaza Satomoto, two scoreless innings. Jake Diekman and Caleb Ort both give you a scoreless inning, but for Boston, they wind up getting back J.D. Martinez, but they still are without Rafael Devers and Brian Shaw. The opener does wind up giving up two runs in two and a third innings, but Kirk McCarty as a bulk guy. Four scoreless innings after he had looked terrible in his first few cups of coffee at the big league bubble. Eli Morgan just wind up giving up a run in an inning, but Emmanuel Class A is scoreless inning. Nick Sandlin, pair of outs out of the bullpen as well. The Tampa Bay Rays, they fall to the Baltimore Orioles, who are back above 500. The Orioles are 5-3. Fight on this one as Shane McClanahan gives up a pair of homers over the course of seven innings going deep. For Baltimore, both solo shots. Cedric Mullins is eighth home run of the season, and Anthony Santander gets the 17th of the year before Ramon Urias really opens this game up. 11th home run season off of Colin Pooch. Insert your Pooch jokes here as he winds up giving up three runs in a third of an inning. Sean Armstrong, pair of outs out of the bullpen, and you did have Isaac Paredes wind up going deep for the Tampa Bay Rays. 14th home run of the season as he winds up being able to blast that bomb off of Spencer Watkins, who gave up 10 hits in five and a third innings, but gave up just three runs, including that homer, and then the bullpen went to work from there. Baltimore entered into the night fourth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Ore Lopez, scoreless setting, and then Joey Crebo and Keegan Aiken combined for two and two-thirds setting scoreless to be able to get Baltimore to the window. DK Nation was on the Philadelphia Phillies, and Aaron Nola did not wind up holding up his end of the bargain. Six to three, the final. For the Phillies, there's a little bit of a case of too little, too late. Kyle Schwarber in the sixth inning goes deep off Spencer Strider, his 31st home run season for Strider. That's all he would really give up in his six innings of work. Gomi Q, two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. Kenley Jansen has to come in and get the final two outs after Will Smith got jiggy with it, giving up a pair of runs while getting just one out. He allowed a home run to Mr. JT Riumito, ninth home run season for Nola. He gave up a pair of bombs himself giving up five runs over the course of six innings, going deep for Atlanta. Michael Ayers, the second, his ninth home run season.
season, and Matt Olson is 19th. From there, you had Jersich, Familia, and Corey Knable both give you a scoreless setting. Nick Nelson does wind up giving up a run in an inning. So the Braves now 59 and 40, and I believe that this team is something ridiculous, like 30 and 12 in their last 42 games. It has been a really, really good run for the Atlanta Braves. Miami Marlins. They get it done against the Cincinnati Reds. They were on to Cincinnati, and they were on to a 2-1 to win in this one as Pablo Lopez. 11 strikeouts at 7 innings, giving up one solo home run along the way as Mike Moussakis gets the 6th home run of the campaign. And Hunter Green, a little bit of a tough one here as he winds up giving up 2 runs and takes a loss over the course of 6 and a 3rd innings. Did wind up giving up 9 hits, so he's in danger a lot throughout this game, but got out of it quite a bit. Buck Farmer. One and two-thirds setting scoreless, and Ian Gabo was able to give you a scoreless setting, but the Miami Marlins, despite going just 2 of 12 with men in scoring position, they did just enough to be able to get it done with Anthony Bass and Tanner Scott providing a scoreless setting to be able to get the job done in this one. You wound up seeing the game go to extra innings, but the Padres, they wind up being able to get it done against the Detroit Tigers by a count of 6 of 4 as for Slam Diego. Was a case of which the team wound up going 3 of 11 with men in scoring position as they put up three runs in that 10th inning. Game was 3-3 three to three going in extras, so if you like me wound up having the under, that was brutal. Garadell winds up giving up three runs over the course of five innings. From there, Alex Lang, Jose Cicerno, Michael Fulmer, I'll give you a scoreless setting. Gregory Soto gives up three unearned runs in one and two-thirds innings, killed by a Javi Baez error out there in the field before Jason Foley has to get out of the bullpen. And Jameer Candelario, the first Detroit Tigers player to get to a double-digit round of overs. He goes deep off of Mike Clevenger for his 10th homer on the season. As Clevenger gives up two runs, including that homer over the course of seven innings. Luis Garcia gives you a scoreless setting before Taylor Rogers tries to come in and close out the game, but gives up a run in an inning as he has a, now a 3.98 ERA. Nick Martinez comes in into the 10th, gives up an under and run, but able to do it enough to be able to get the job done. The Angels, they wind up being able to get the job done against the Kansas City Royals, thanks to Shohei Otani getting his 21st home run of the season. Anel Zerpa winds up giving that one up, giving up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of four innings, and really this game was costed by Wyatt Mills giving up three runs in one and two-thirds innings. We had Joel Payams give you a few outs out of the bullpen, Amir Garrett, a scoreless inning, but for the Angels, very good start out of Jose Suarez. Five and a third inning scoreless before Jose Quijada winds up being able to clean things up from there. We've currently got, like, Giants versus Diamondbacks and all those West Coast games currently going on. And as I am doing this podcast, recording it right around a little bit past 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, we've seen a calamity out there in Milwaukee. 6-6 six to six in the latter half of this game, bottom of the eighth inning as... Dylan, don't call him Al Bundy. Pitch like Al Bundy once again, giving up five runs over the course of four innings with the Brewers. Mustering up a pair of deep balls off of him. Hunter Renfro, 17th home run season. Luis Urias winds up getting his 11th home run the campaign. And then you'd have Colton Wong get his 7th home run season. That's off of Josh Smith. Josh Smith gives up that home run over the course of an inning. Emilio Pagan, Griffith Jacks, both give you a scoreless setting. And Yohan Duran coming out of the bullpen as I am doing this as pair of bombs for the Minnesota Twins wound up being able to get them even as Gio Urshela goes deep off of Trevor Gott, his ninth home run season, and Byron Buxton, 24th home run season. That comes off of Ethan Small. And for Small, former first-round pick of the Brewers, gives up three runs in three and two-thirds innings with four walks. Trevor Gott got got as 
He gives up three runs in one and third innings before Devin Williams, Brad Boxberger, John Del Gusave all hold down the fort and are able to give you a scoreless inning. As I'm doing this right now, going into the seventh inning, the Rockies with no runs up on the board. That is very much not a great sign for them, but what is very solid to take a look at is what we're getting in Major League Baseball right now. And what we've been noticing all season long is that the total strengths have been very intriguing to say the least. And taking a look at what we've gotten post-All-Star break over the last seven days, We've been noticing that it's been a little bit of an over-barrage. We've got a couple games spending for Tuesday as I do this, but 35-unders to 28-unders, and favorites have been reigning supreme. 40 and 24 straight up are favorites ever since the All-Star break. Now, if you're taking a look at the season to date, favorites are hitting more around 59 and after flash, 59.7%, according to our good friends at Covers, as I'm doing this, 857 and 579 is a record. But you're going to notice that home favorites having a little bit of a difficult time being able to cover the run line as with home favorites, there have been 174 instances in which they have one straight up on the money line by approximately one run to not cover the run line as home favorites 546 and 372 straight up, but on the run line 372 and 542 overall for the season. Unders hitting at about 51.5%, 706 unders to 664 overs. And if you're taking a look at the last 30 days with regards to over and under rate, a little bit to the under, but it's starting to even out 177 unders, 269 overs. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. And that's what we wound up getting on Tuesday. Coming up next, we turn it forward to Wednesday and we take a little bit of a look as to who might wind up getting some of these big names, including Juan Soto out there in the trade deadline as we go out to our nation's capital. That's where we find Chris Sheehan does a great job over there at Monumental Sports Network. And he joins me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa 
He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And great to get on our guest as Christian is doing an absolutely tremendous job of taking a look at a wide variety of markets over there at the Buy the Book Show. That is a part of the Monumental Sports Network. And they wind up doing that out there in lovely Washington, D.C., as a matter of fact. The home arena of the Washington Wizards is where they wind up doing their shows from. And Chris, he's doing an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. And I know that he's getting ready for some football as well to be able to follow Chris on Twitter. That is at The Big Cheese Show. And that is C-H-E-E on The Big Cheese Show all together. And Chris, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Absolutely, Greg. Pleasure to be aboard. And yes, home of the Washington Wizards, where was coming out of the elevator a couple of weeks ago. Who pops in? None other than Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. So there seems to be some excitement for this Wizards team coming in, not so much for the Washington Nationals and their future with Juan Soto likely being traded. Yeah, that is going to be very interesting. And Chris, you are out there in Washington, D.C. Who do you think might be the biggest candidate to wind up getting Juan Soto because we're hearing varying reports because I had no question and rightfully so the Washington Nationals they need a lot to trade this guy and he's going to be an all-worldly player for such a long time to come I mean over the last three days the guy's north of a 550 odd base percentage but with that said what are your thoughts overall on the Juan Soto ordeal? And might there be a team or two in the clubhouse that might be most likely to be able to land them? A team that's going to be, tr- you know, trying to trade for him. Somebody with a great farm system, no doubt about it. You know, what would be interesting, and I s- definitely unlikely, but the Orioles have the best farm system 
in all of baseball, would they be willing to trade some of their pieces to kind of make a move here? I highly doubt that with Trey Mancini talking about this week, how he is treating this more so as his last hurrah with the Orioles. He's expected to be traded, but they're right in the mix of it. So we'll see how that plays out here. You know, you look at a team like the St. Louis Cardinals, I would have maybe thought they could make a move for Soto here. But, you know, in the outfield, they're starting to get some better play out of guys like Tyler O'Neill, who came off a really ugly start to the season. I would have thought maybe Boston would make a play, but now Devers being hurt here. They're pitching. Guys like Nick Pavetta not really working out as much. Are they going to really make a run and try to go all in on it? So to me, it's the... Steve Cohen, New York Mets. It's the New York Yankees. If they want to maybe part ways with some of their young core here, it's probably the heavy hitters as far as the content, the LA Dodgers, of course. I mean, he's already out there in LA putting on a show. He certainly had himself a decent series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So it's going to be the teams that are going to be contending for a World Series, no doubt. Oh, yeah. And Aiden, the big key is being able to trade enough to be a land Juan Soda and still have enough to be able to compete for a World Series because I know that the Nationals, they do want a couple big league ready guys, if not the entire farm system of insert your team here as well. So that's going to be very interesting to take a look at it. With the Washington Nationals, we really can't take a look at them right now as it looks like it's most likely going to be Andrew Heaney going for the Dodgers on Wednesday, but that's to be determined. And with Patrick Corbin on the mound, I think that we can both agree he rightfully should be a very sizable underdog pretty much regardless of who the LA Dodgers wind up throwing out there. But we've got more interesting games that are going to be coming up for this Wednesday. You mentioned Johnny Davis a little bit earlier, a man from Wisconsin. And you know what? There's going to be a game out there in Wisconsin between the Twins and the Brewers. And with Corbin Burns and company, the Brewers are a minus 185 to a minus 190 favorite. With Burns, it's been interesting to take a look at him because he's actually been better when he's been on the road rather than at home. But for the Twins, I think the big key is how you feel about the bullpen in this game because Chris Archer is going to be getting the start for the Twins and he has yet to go more than five innings all season long. Hasn't been bad in a small sample size, but with that said, it's all about how the Twins wind up performing in the bullpen of this game to be able to lend themselves a shot as right around a plus 160 to a plus 170 underdog. Yeah, I mean, this is a spot where I want to be targeting against Chris Archer, a dude who's giving up a lot of hard contact, top nine as far as hard hit percentage, uh, top 10 horse walk rate, so he is issuing a lot of free passes. Then you've got a Brewers team, fourth highest on base percentage in the National League when it comes to facing right-handed pitching. So Corbin Burns, this is a dude, he throws strikes, and that's what you want from your pitcher able to attack the strike zone, but paint the corners, not really putting anything in the middle of the plate. Uh, Top 8K per 9 here. This Brewers lineup, I mean, turn back the clock. Andrew McCutcheon has been delivering for them. Willie Adamas has been a strong shortstop for this group here. And, you know, I was listening to Craig Council speaking on MLB Network Radio. I just think he's the perfect guy to be leading this team here. You and I had a discussion about a month ago discussing the Cardinals versus the Brewers, who's going to be winning the division here. I really still do like this bunch. Now, when it comes to the Brewers, may want to look toward a first five as Josh Hader. In that same conversation, I heard Council basically talking about how Hader is, you fall behind in counts. You're going to suffer the same results as any pitcher. 
big league hitting is going to catch up to that. So that's really what's been, you know, kind of hampering Hader here. Is this something that remains to be an issue for this Brewers bullpen? Remains. I mean, I, I'm not going to bank on that. Hader's had himself a great stretch here. So I think, though, that, you know, and but on the flip side, you know, Greg, I look at it too. The Twins have some decent bats that we know uh, dealing with some injuries there. But guys like Jose Miranda stepping up, Byron Buxton, most of the time he's solid. But I think I'm leaning towards Brewers in this one. Yeah, I think that it's really going to be a Brewers run line or pass here. It's just a case in which I do think that the Brewers are going to be able to get into that Twins bullpen. Although I will say, to your point, Josh Hader has been in the most rough stretch of his career. I do think that he's going to be able to come out of it, but certainly has been on Josh Hader-like what we've been seeing recently as Christian does a great job over there at the Monumental Sports Network. He is joining me on the podcast. And then when it comes to a player that might be on the move, and if you want up seeing the reports that want up surfacing on Tuesday, literally every one of the Detroit Tigers is on the trade block right now, and I'm not even kidding when I say that. Tyreek Skubal, he's going to be getting the start against Hugh Darvish of the San Diego Padres, and I think that this is such an intriguing matchup because Hugh Darvish's last start was a very good one on the road against the New York Mets, and it's a case of which... Do you wind up taking a lot out of that start or not? Because what I've noticed with you, Darvish, is that ever since he wanted getting to San Diego, he has been an incredible pitcher at home, but on the road, he's been a fade on the road. He's got an ERA that's more than 2.2 points higher than it is at home over the last two seasons. But this is also the Detroit Tigers, who are dead last in the league in terms of runs per game. It has been a bad stretch for that entire offense. Where do you wind up standing on this one with the Padres right around a minus 132, a minus 135 favorite? Yeah, so I was listening to Scooble's last start mowing my grass, and he was kind of mowing down the Oakland Athletics there for a minute and really was able to, again, locate his pitches, you know, had some good breaking stuff working for him there. You know, the problem is this isn't the Oakland A's. This is the Padres and, you know, Manny Machado top 10 hard hit rate versus left-handed pitching, San Diego top 6 NL against left-handed pitching in terms of on-base percentage. This is a Jake Cronenworth coming on. Even Hassan Kim hitting better down there in the bottom of that lineup. Uh, so I would certainly be leaning on the Padres here in this matchup. And then you mentioned all the things about you, Darvish. Absolutely still able to pump it and bring the heat as well, too. Yeah, Padres are a team. I was thinking about it with that Soto question, just going back to that one, because I couldn't believe I didn't mention the Braves. Adam Duvall being after the season, Eddie Rosario, you know, is he going to be able to return to those? But, but maybe the Padres, too, in that conversation. We've seen them go all in on it. How about that if it was Machado from the Orioles, Soto from the Nationals? two DMV guys going out that way that would be a wild thing too yeah that certainly would be and I do think that it is going to be fascinating to see what winds up happening during this trade deadline sort of time period as joining me on the podcast we do have Tris Sheehan and you mentioned it with the fact that they might be a little bit of a contender for the Juan Soto sweepstakes and who are some of the teams that you think just might overall be buyers and sellers because I feel like in the American League it gets very interesting because you would figure that the Boston Red Sox would be buyers, but I think a lot of it has to do with what winds up happening with these next few games. They've got the Cleveland Guardian series that's currently going on. Got a nice win on Monday. We don't know as of the time of this podcast what winds up happening on Tuesday, but they've been all over the place. The Baltimore Orioles certainly looked like they were going to be sellers yet, even just like three or four weeks ago. But with their recent run, this is a team that has been through a lot of suffering and all of a sudden they might have a chance 
at a postseason appearance. A team like the Seattle Mariners is interesting because Julio Rodriguez has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but that's a team that's been able to get hot as well. So I think that it's going to be really fascinating to see what winds up happening with some of these teams that they're a little bit above 500 slash right at 500 and what winds up happening in the next week or so because I think that that's really going to determine their fate. And you could wind up seeing a couple teams that you thought were going to be sellers become buyers and vice versa. A team that you thought might be a buyer might wind up actually selling off pieces and build for 2023. I'm going to give you one here. The Chicago White Sox hovering around that 500 mark. I mean, this is a team that has been dealing with some injuries to their lineup. Luis Robert at the moment here. And can you really trust Yoan Moncada to be a consistent hitter for this group here? I know Andrew Vaughn's been doing a little bit better. They're still eighth worst in terms of home runs versus right-handed pitching, eighth worst on base percentage. Tim Anderson at the top there, but maybe they try to bolster their hitting. I mean, Jose Abreu, you know, could use more protection, and then maybe they're only a couple games back in the AL Central could make a play for the wild card. So I think they've got to be active. Um, If I'm the Blue Jays, I mean, this is a group that – They've got guys like Kevin Gossman, who've got the third best ex-fit, fourth best home run to fly ball ratio. And then Alec Manoa, has he, he's able to mow down batters. You know, Jose Barrios, we've seen him inconsistent. Can he be somebody? That's going to be a major X factor there. You know, so I think the Blue Jays, they want to still be able to hang in there. I think the team that stays put is the... Tampa Bay Rays with so many injuries that they're dealing with. Do you really want to kind of leverage your future for this year? You know, okay, you're not going to have Yandy Diaz going on these hot streaks the rest of the year. I know Randy Rosarena is good, but Wander Franco being hurt and you don't have the, the, the horses there with your starting pitching. McClanahan obviously is the favorite for the AL Cy Young, but I don't think their their pitching staff's deep enough. Shane Boz being hurt. And then, you know, again, usual contenders, just like with Juan Soto, are going to be in the mix, I think, to be trying to get trades. But, you know, if you're the Yankees, maybe you try to get that Frankie Montas-type Luis Castillo. And one more, one more for you, Greg. The Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, you're really going to trust, you know, this bullpen, which you point out on this podcast number of times, has been pitching much better as of late. But it, can that really stand the test of time here they're going to be trying to go for that wild card I think even without Bryce Harper in this lineup because Kyle Schwarber hitting you know swinging a really good bat backed up by Reese Hoskins who generally is a power hitter so Philadelphia I feel like the pressure is going to be on there so uh, they'll be making some moves too yep and for the Phillies a big game coming up on Wednesday as well as they're going to be playing another one in their series against the scorching hot Atlanta Braves with Charlie Morton and Kyle Gibson going at it and for Kyle Gibson it's not been going well for him and perhaps the Phillies could use another starting pitcher with the way that he's been faltering five plus runs given up in three out of his last five starts and you were thinking at the beginning of the year maybe the Atlanta Braves might want to push Charlie Morton out of the rotation but in six out of his last seven starts he is allowed two runs or fewer and right now we're seeing it Braves are anywhere between a minus 140 to a minus 150 favorite. And I think that this is a relatively correct number. I set it at a minus 144 personally with the Atlanta Braves. Not sure your thoughts on the Braves and the Phillies in this one, but I mean, the Braves are scorching hot and Hussard Riley at the time of his RBI double yesterday, hitting a 430 for the month with 20 extra base hits in his first 86 at-bats of the month. It is about wild to take a look at this Braves team. Greg, here's another one for Austin Riley. Number one in terms of hard contact versus right-handed pitching. Now, Kyle Gibson, definitely, you know, not bad is... 
you know, start against Atlanta back in May, eight strikeouts, only six fly balls. Here's the thing about Atlanta here. Kyle Gibson, I've tried to trust him at certain points. He can be inconsistent, no doubt about it, but Atlanta strikes out versus right-handed pitching more than any team in the National League. So this could be a spot where day game after night game, maybe you get them a little bit sleepy. You know, Ronald Acuna at the top of that order is certainly not somebody to mess with. And then Matt Olson, too, has been swinging a pretty good bat here. Cool. You know, I don't want to say cool off. Hasn't looked as great the last couple of games here. And then I want to talk about another guy, too. William Contreras talking about cooling off. He's got just two hits in his last 23 plate appearances. But again, it's Riley Contreras in terms of hard hit rate versus right-handed pitching. So last time Morton took on Philadelphia, pretty effective, albeit having four walks here. But I I would probably say, Greg, I've got to trust Charlie Morton in this spot over Kyle Gibson. So, yeah, my lean would be certainly with the Atlanta money line. Yep, and with the Braves, even though they haven't been quite as good as the Phillies in terms of bullpen over the last 35 days, because the Phillies bullpen over the last, I would say, month or so, they've actually been the best out there in the National League. They've still been a very steady force. They've been able to do a nice job, aside from if you have Kenley Jansen trying to cover a run line. He has not been able to get a lot of those home for you, but past that, taking the Atlanta Braves the last few months, has been very trustworthy. And something else that's very trustworthy is you coming on this podcast, being able to lend great content. Chris, you do a great job over there at the Monumental Sports Network, doing the show by the book every Monday through Friday. And I know that you do a great job. Take a look at a wide variety of things. I know that you're really invested in baseball right now. And on top of that, I know that you're doing a great job getting set for all things football that is going to be in our lives before we know it. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general. At the Big Cheese Show on Twitter, yes, Monumental Sports Network is where you can find the By the Book show as we prepare for a big-time college football season, NFL season coming up. And, yes, we are still talking baseball. As Greg, you know, I know you just got back from that honeymoon – or not honeymoon, but that Hawaii trip. That's where I was supposed to go for my honeymoon. <laughs> didn't work out, that stupid COVID thing. But, yeah, the grind never stops, man. We come back all summer long. We keep it rolling. So follow me at the Big Cheese Show. I'll give you some good plays. Absolutely. And hey, it pretty much was sort of the combination of an all-star break and sort of a pseudo honeymoon as well. So that pretty much worked out very well on that front. And yes, now that we have been able to get a little bit of rest with the all-star break, it is now time to get geared up for a big second half of the season. Trade deadline is coming up and football season just around the corner. And Chris doing a great job of being able to cover all of it and did a great job letting his insights on the podcast today. So big thanks to Christian for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis out of a game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. 
He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beats Family Podcast. Great to get Christian aboard. He does a great job over there at the Monumental Sports Network. He does a great job Monday through Friday hosting the show by the book. He's got tremendous guests on that show. Does a nice job being able to hold it down there and takes a look at Wide variety markets that actually do that out there in Washington, D.C., I believe, at the home of the Washington Wizards. So, always great to be able to get him aboard. A big thanks to Chris for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we 
Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and we do have quite a few interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom to be able to keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. So, without further ado, let's get into the first game of 951-952 on the board. It is the Atlanta Braves on the road facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Charlie Morton is going to be going for the Braves, and you've got Kyle Gibson on the bump for the Phillies. Phillies are a plus-130 underdog, anywhere between minus-140 and minus-150 your price on Atlanta, with 8.5 being the total. The over is minus-115, and the under is minus-105. I was willing to lay up to a minus-144 with the Braves, so low end of this number, right around a minus-140-ish. I'm going to be willing to lay it with Charlie Morton. Wound up being a really bad start to the year from 8 out of 11 starts towards the early part of the season. He wound up giving up 3-plus runs ever since that bad string. He has really been able to rein it in. In 6 out of his last 7 starts, he has allowed 2 runs or fewer. Now, deep ball has still been a little bit tough for him as in the stretch he still has given up 6 home runs in those last 7 starts. But has done a nice job of being able to fill innings going at least 5 innings in every one of them. And has been able to do a good job of being able to tame the walks just a little bit as well. It's been a little bit of an issue for him all season long. And even still in his last 5 starts has given up 14 walks across 30 and 2 thirds innings. But what he's been able to do a good job of is being able to get swings and misses. Getting 10 strikeouts per 9 innings. Does have a road ERA of a 459 compared to a 383 home ERA. But has been able to keep the ball in the yard giving up right around 1 home run per 9 innings on the road. And for Kyle Gibson. Coming off of a really bad start against the Chicago Cubs in which he gives up six runs in four and a third innings. And for Kyle Gibson, really, just things recently have not necessarily been going so great for him. He has given up at least five runs and now three out of his last five starts with one of those two outliers in which he didn't wind up giving up five plus coming against a bad Miami Marlins team. And he's got a 466 ERA at home. Relatively similar ERA on the road of a 473. But the big thing for him is giving up the depot when he's at home. Four bombs in 45 and two-thirds innings on the road compared to 10 bombs in 56 innings at home. Walks per nine rate has been a little bit better recently for him. He's been giving up more like 2.6 walks per nine innings. And to the credit of the Philadelphia Phillies, over the last three days, they've got the top bullpen area out there in the National League. But the Braves, they rank in the top three in this sector as well. A.J. Minter has been able to do a solid job for the team. Tyler Madzik, he has bagged the full Jesse Chavez. When needed, he's been able to give the team some good long relief. And under the radar, Dylan Lee has been able to give the team a sub-1.5 ERA. But for the Philadelphia Phillies, Corey Knable in that seventh inning has been rock solid. Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand, they're able to give you some good innings, and even someone like Counter Brogdon has been solved for this bunch as well. For the Phillies, the big key is being able to get some power outside Reese Hoskins and Kyle Schwarber. They were the only guys in the starting lineup yesterday with north of eight home runs. Hoskins, 19 homers. He and many others sitting between, I would say, that realm of about a 240-255 as you've got Hoskins, GT Rimuto, Nick Cassianos, all in that fold. And for Hoskins, 19 home runs has been solid. And for Kyle Schwarber, 30 home runs, but hitting just a 202 entering into yesterday. On-base percentage has been relatively okay. And you do have Derek Hall. He's been able to give the team five home runs in his first 69 at-bats, hitting a 260. Promising bat for the team, Alec Boehm, Yohan Camargo are able to get on base as well. But for the Atlanta Braves, Austin Riley over the last 30 days is hitting darn near a 300 with about a home run every 10 at-bats. Overall for the season, hitting a 295 with 28 bombs. He has been tremendous. 
for this bunch. And then on top of that, you've got Matt Olson, who has all of a sudden been able to catch some fire himself. 18 home runs at a 250 average going into yesterday overall for the season. But a man that has been able to give the team five home runs over the course of, I believe, his last 10 games. So he has been able to heat up in a big way. Dansby Swanson is sitting at 290 with 15 home runs. Mike Hilaris, the second, has been able to about a 290 as well. I do give the pitching advantage here to the Atlanta Braves. And I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. More than I don't think is going to be able to get away with the walks. And he's been issuing and a little bit of a day game out there in Philadelphia. I think that the ball is going to be flying a little bit more, and I do think that both of these offenses are going to be firing on all cylinders, so I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot, set my total at a 9.1, and with the Atlanta Braves, willing to lay up to a minus 144 with them. 953 and 954 on the bang board, it is Washington Nationals, the third faceoff against the LA Dodgers. It is good old to be determined who's going to be going for the Dodgers, and Patrick Corbin is on the bump for Washington. We don't have numbers up on this game, but it looks like it's going to be Andrew Heaney who winds up getting the start for the LA Dodgers, and if it is Mr. Heaney who's going to be getting the start, I want to saying the Dodgers at a minus 213 on the money line, but I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line with the Dodgers, and I think that that's very important because of these 64 wins for the LA Dodgers thus far this season, all but seven have come by multiple runs. They have really been the best team as a favorite on the run line this season. Obviously, the Orioles have been the best overall run line team, but typically they find themselves as an underdog, and for Patrick Corbin, it's been a just absolutely terrible year from 4-13 and record. He's got a 6.02 ERA, balloons with 7.38 when he's on the road, and it's not like in his non-decisions that the team is doing any better. He's made 20 starts. The team is 4-16 and in these starts, with all but two of those losses coming by two-plus runs. For Patrick Corbin, just hasn't been able to get overly many, I guess you'd call it, good things to go his way because opponents starting at 315 off of him. His home runs per nine rate right around a 1.6. And his strikeouts per nine rate is right around an eight. His walks per nine in the neighborhood about 3.2. It's not great, but it's far from terrible. But, I mean, the guy has just been getting tattooed the last two seasons. And for Andrew Heaney, I really don't have a lot of faith in him either. He's been able to make three starts this year, and he's only allowed one run. But, I mean, boy, is it a small sample size. Two of these starts came in April. One wound up coming in mid-June against the Cleveland Guardians. So, it has been a while since we have seen this guy out there. And, and you do go back to the 2021 campaign for Andrew Heaney at a 583 ERA. Wanted giving up home runs per nine rate. That was well north of two. In that Field of Dreams game, he made many dreams come through because there were a lot of balls out there for fans to be able to grab in the cornfield. But with that said, with the LA Dodgers, they back him up with a good bullpen and they back him up with a very firepowered lineup as Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith all entered into Tuesday night's action with between 14 and 15 home runs apiece. Freeman and Turner both hitting above a three iron. Then for Will Smith, the way that he's been able to come alive over the last 30 days has been tremendous. 375 on base, so that has been good for this team. And then you got Mookie Betts, 22 home runs, hitting at 265, entering into Tuesday himself. Now, need a bit more out of Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy. These guys have struggled, but Trace Thompson, the brother of Clay, 31 years old, has never really been able to latch on in the league. He's hitting nearly a 300 over the last three days with nearly a 385 on base. So that's been solid. And for the Washington Nationals, this is a top 10 team in terms of batting average out there in the MLB. Problem is, they just have not been able to get a lot of power. Juan Soto, Josh Bell, the only two guys on the scene with a double digit amount of homers. Bell's been hitting a 302, 13 home runs. And for Juan Soto, hitting just below 250 with 10 home runs entering into what we wound up seeing on Tuesday. But over the last three days, hitting a 371 with, I'm not even kidding here, a 542 on base. No wonder why teams are wanting to trade for this guy. And then 
Pass that you've got Cesar Hernandez, Victor Robles, you're able to throw in there Kiba Ruiz, Mikel Franco. When he's been out there, Nelson Cruz, all in between about a 235 to a 250, but not necessarily a lot of power. And for the Washington Nationals, this bullpen, very brutal. As Kyle Finnegan along Steve Ciszek, these are two veterans that have north of a 370 ERA. Victor Rano has not been good for the team. Hunter Harvey is someone that's hard to have a lot of faith in either. And then for the LA Dodgers, it's not been a great year for Craig Kimbrell, but he's been able to pick it up a little bit more recently. Yancey Almonte, Evan Phillips have been able to give you sub two ERAs. Whenever Caleb Ferguson has been out there, he's actually been able to lend some good innings for this team as well. You've even been able to have a couple solid innings when he's been out there for David Price as well. Alex Vecia has been a little bit up and down, so I do feel like the Dodgers should be a relatively good-sized favorite in this one, despite the fact that it is Heaney because I anticipate him not necessarily going too far in this game, and I did wind up setting my total at a 9.3 because I do think that Heaney's going to give up a few runs. I certainly think that Corbin is going to be giving up some runs as well. So, 9 or less looking over 9.5 or higher to the under. And with the Dodgers, want to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line. And with the Nationals, would need at least pretty much a plus 215 to take a shot on them. 9.55, 9.56 on the bang board. The San Francisco Giants at the red faceoff against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen is going to be going for the Snakes. And Logan Webb is on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are a minus 130 favorite. And you are finding the Arizona Diamondbacks at between a plus 110 to a plus 120. Eight is your total. Under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. And as I'm doing this, I am seeing this drop, as I've seen this go down to a minus 118. And with this dropping, I'm going to be taking a look at the San Francisco Giants. I was one to lay up to a minus 124 with them. So this is starting to put me on the San Francisco Giants. As with Logan Webb, he certainly has been a little bit better at home than on the road. Actually, quite a bit better at home rather than on the road over the last few seasons. But he's been able to round into form quite well, 270 ERA overall. And the big thing for him is that he doesn't allow too many home runs. He's been giving up right around .7 home runs per nine innings overall this season. And his home and road splits less demonstrative this season, 316 road ERA compared to a 243 at home. That home and road split last season was more than two full points. So he's been able to do a much better job on the road with the bonus saying just a 217 off of him on the road as well with his blocks per nine rate. That over's in the neighborhood about 2.2, so he's been able to do a nice job with the guards of command, and for Zach Allen, last start for him I thought was very big, he gave up nothing over the course of seven innings, as a matter of fact, just two hits and no walks over the course of seven innings, he had given up two plus runs in pretty much five out of his last six starts, and overall for Zach Allen, it's been a relatively solid season, wound up hitting a little bit of a snag towards the early summer months, but I do think that that's going to be able to get him going, and he's been consistent home and road, 336 home ERA, 324 ERA on the road, and for Gallon has done a nice job of being around in a form in terms of the walks. Giving up right around 2.5 walks per nine innings this season after it was more like 3.8 last season. And a key for him is being able to lend a little bit of length because this is a San Francisco Giants bullpen that last season was number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. They are now in the bottom 10 in the league this season, although I will say Jake McGee won the big albatrosses. He has been DFA'd, and I believe that the Milwaukee Brewers have now taken a little bit of a shot on him. But you do have John Brebbia, Camille Duvall, Jarlin Garcia, all these guys posting up a sub-3-3 ERA. Sammy Long has been relatively solid for this bunch. And then on the flip side, you do have an Arizona Diamondbacks team that they've got Joe Manette typically doing a relatively solid job, been able to get good innings out of Kyle Nelson. But by and large, your bullpen has been one of the lesser ones out there in the big leagues as well. And for the Giants, been very strange to look at this lineup this season because they rank in the top six in the big leagues in terms of runs per game, but there's not really a lot of guys that pop out and have been able to do a great job. Jock Peterson does have 17 home runs. He's hitting in the neighborhood about a 250-ish, but still, you've got a lot of guys like a Brandon Bell, Darren Ruff, 
hitting between about a 225 to a 230-ish. Don Villar, Joey Barton, really the entire catcher spot for this team. It's been a little bit of a hot mess. You remember Mercedes is a guy that they're giving some at-bats to. And Austin Slater, when he's been out there, they have a right around at 290 along with Luis Gonzalez, who's been solid. But do take a look at the years in the Diamondbacks, and they themselves have had a very tough time of being able to get on base. They rank at the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of batting average, and they get right around 1.43 home runs per game on the road, which is in the top five in the big leagues, but at home, that winds falling to right around a .9. You do have Quetel Marte along with Josh Ross, both hitting right around about a .270. Alec Thomas has been able to give you some relatively solid at-bats as well. He, Jake McCarthy, both hitting in that realm of about a .260, but guys like Sergio Alcantara, Gerardo Perdomo throwing their Christian Walker, Carson Kelly, Jordan Luplo, only a .225 or lower. That's an issue. I will say for Walker, 22 home runs out of him thus far this season, but I do think that with the San Francisco Giants and seeing the money coming against them. A little bit strange here. I'm going to lay up to a minus 124 with them. So the line move that I'm seeing is putting me on the San Francisco Giants. Set my total at 7.7 as well. So here at the 8, Arizona Diamondbacks have been one of the best home under teams all season long. I think that that is going to be maintaining in this one. Looking under and going to be looking at the Giants up to a minus 124, 957, 958 on the betting board. It is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on the Cincinnati and they're going to be playing us to the Miami Marlins. Braxton Garrett is going to be on the bump for Miami and Luis Castillo is on the bump for the Red Legs and the Reds. They are finding themselves as favorites between minus 148 and minus 155 and between plus 130 and plus 140. Your price on the Miami Marlins, 8 to 8.5 is your total. On the 8, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8.5, under is minus 120 and the over is even. I did mind saying my total had an 8.9. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Great American ballpark and has been great for offenses thus far this season as the Reds are putting up a little bit over 5.1 runs per game at home this season on the road. Then it's fallen to right around a three and a half. And for the Miami Marlins, certainly has been a rough go of it for the offensive season. But you are starting to have a couple guys be able to get back into the fold for the team. Avicio Garcia along with Orde Soler. I've been a little bit banged up, but you did wind up seeing Garcia wind up getting the start yesterday. Been able to have Joey Wendell be able to give the team right around 290 batting average. Gary Cooper being in and out of the fold. That has hurt them a little bit because he and Luke Williams both hitting right around 275 He's been a little bit banged up as well, but should be good to go on this one. A guy that's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers. The big thing for this team, being able to have some of the power bats be able to step up. Because I mentioned Soler, Brian De La Cruz, AC Sanchez... You're able to throw in there Jacob Sellings and then Luin Diaz, all these guys, running a 225 or lower for this bunch. And for the Reds, got to expect the same old, same old from the team. A team that is really able to barrel up balls as you've got Taylor Naquin, Kyle Farmer, Nick Senzel, Matt Reynolds, all hitting between about a 240 to a 255. Jonathan India has been able to get up to above a 240 as well after he wound up starting of the year. Not so great. Brandon Drury, he's been doing it all season long. 19 bombs, hitting a 275, but for the Reds, their big bugaboo has been the bullpen all season long as you've right now got a bullpen ERA that's north of a 5-3. That is the worst out there in the big leagues. Other than Alexis Diaz, you really haven't had anyone that's been too trustworthy for this team as Joel Kunal, Hunter Strickland, throwing their buck Farmer, Luis Sessa, all these guys have north of a 5 ERA and... For Luis Castillo, he's been able to do a solid job all season long for the Reds, but now he is the subject of all out of trade rumors, so you've got to wonder if that's going to help him perform a little bit better, a little bit worse, or not going to be much of a factor, because do take a look at Luis Castillo, and boy, oh boy, things have been very good for him, as he has allowed approximately three runs in his last four starts, and he hasn't gone up against duds on the road against the New York Yankees, at home against the Braves, playing against the Rays, and on the road against the Chicago Cubs. So, and he has been doing an absolutely masterful job here over the last, we're going to call it three plus weeks 
and he has been able to do a good job of just being able to limit the deep ball all season long. He has been giving up a home runs per nine rate of right around a .6. That said, he does have a 360 home ERA compared to a 209 ERA on the road. Walks have always been a little bit of an issue, right around three walks per nine innings. Nothing great, nothing terrible. And then for Braxton Garrett, he's been able to come out and have a couple of really nice starts recently as well, giving up approximately one run or less in three out of the last four starts. Three runs of fear in each out of his last four. And big thing for him is that he's been able to drop the walks this season. He's averaging right around 2.2 walks per nine innings after first two seasons in the league. He was giving up more in the neighborhood of four plus walks per nine innings. Home runs per nine rate that hovers right in the neighborhood of one, so certainly passable there. And for Braxton Garrett, 351 Rodieri compared to a 321 Homieri, but he's not necessarily backed up a great bullpen either. Anthony Bass has been able to give this team some relatively solid innings, so that has been able to help this team out. But Richard Flyer, Dylan Floro, both of these guys have right around about a four ish ERA. You've been able to have Stephen Okert be able to come in. He's been able to provide a sub three ERA for this team. Zach Pop, he's seeing his ERA pop into North of a four as well. Tommy Nance has not necessarily been too terrific for the team, so I do think that the bullpens are going to get hit around a little bit, and with the Miami Marlins, the lineup has certainly suffered a couple of ailments, but I think they're going to Great American Ballpark, exactly what this offense needs. I do want to say Matola at an 8.9 as a result. Going to be taking a look at the over with the Reds. I do think that they should be a relatively good-sized favorite. I did wind up saying them at a minus 140, but now seeing this number at a plus 140, I'm seeing a plus 143 come onto the board as well. I think that we went a little bit too steep on a Reds team that, let's call it what it is, has not necessarily been the world's greatest year for them. So, going to be taking a look at the plus price of a plus 140 or greater with Miami, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. 959-960 on the bank board. It is the LA Angels on the road facing off against the Kansas City Royals. Brad Keller is going to be going for the Royals, and Jansen Junk is going to be on the bump for the Angels. Total on this game is 9. The over and the under. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Junk is finding himself in between even money and a plus 118. Meanwhile, with the Royals, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130 is your price on them. If you're taking a look at the Angels, you're technically betting on junk, which I think is an absolutely hilarious joke, and I will not be betting on junk. I wound up setting the Angels as a plus-137 underdog. For Jansen Junk, I don't think that he's going to be able to lend a lot of length, and even if he does, you've got Ryan Tapera, Rossio Iglesias, coupled with... Aaron Loop, the 7th through ninth inning guys, all posting up in the area north of the 3-5. It's hard to be able to have a lot of faith in them. And then you just take a look at what Jansen Junk has been able to do at the minor league level this season because hard to really have a lot of takeaways from the major league level side of things for him because Jansen Junk has made one appearance of which he wanted pitching one inning, so we're not going to make anything out of that sample size. But at Salt Lake, he has a 1-3 record with a 3.88 ERA, which in the PCL, a 3.88 ERA is not bad, but Getting seven and a half strikeouts for nine innings. A little bit more of a pitch of contact guy to his credit. He's not someone that's going to issue a lot of walks, but his swing and miss stuff is just not there to necessarily be too successful at the big league level. And for Brad Keller, he's always been a solid pitcher at home. And the big thing for Brad Keller this year is that he's been able to drop the walks a little bit. It's not a case in which he's going out there and he's become like Corbin Burns or anything like that. But you know what? For him, a walks per nine rate hovering in the neighborhood about a 3.3. That's passable because he's only given up right around one home run per nine innings. Swing and miss stuff has never necessarily been there for him. With Keller, he's going to give you right around six strikeouts per nine innings, but 388 home ERA compared to a 450 ERA on the road. And 
It's just a case in which Kansas City suits him very well because his home runs per nine rate at home over the last few seasons has been sub one and has been able to do a nice job of being able to keep guys off guard. Now with the Royals, they themselves have a relatively brutal bullpen as they are actually dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA as Josh Shamont since coming off the injured list has not necessarily looked like himself. To the credit of Dylan Coleman and Taylor Clark after bad searches of the season, they've been able to shape up both of these guys. Sub three ERAs over the last 30 days, but still have Amir Garrett who's got north of a 590 ERA. It has been a bad year for him. Colin Snyder, whenever he's been out there, he's got a 771 ERA. He's been out for a little bit, but Jackson Carr, the long reliever of this team, not great. And for the Kansas City Royals, you know what else is not great? Deal with a little bit of an injury to Bobby Wood Jr. has really been the main power back for this team. He's been able to give the team 14 to 15 home runs, hitting in the pocket about a 250. And that means that as a result, you wind up having two guys in the starting lineup for the Royals yesterday with north of six home runs. MJ Melendez and Hunter Dozier with a combined 19 home runs. For Dozier, he's hitting right around 265 for the team and Andrew Benatendi. It's been great at getting on base. Only three home runs this year, but hitting at 320, but got a lot of guys having a tough time being able to get on base for this team. You've had Whit Merrifield and Nicky Lopez in the neighborhood about a 245 to a 250, but it's a Royals team that they just like a bunch of power, and for the LA Angels, they're still dealing with the injury to Mike Trout. You do have Jared Walsh hitting at 245 with 13 home runs at Showtime, Shoei Otani. 255 average, 20 home runs, but Taylor Ward, ever since coming off the injured list, he just hasn't necessarily been the same guy. Over the last three days, he's been hitting about a 244 after he was hitting north of a 300 prior to getting hurt, and he actually had an on-base percentage that was hovering right around a 400, and then the guys at the bottom of the fold, like Phil Gosselin, you're able to throw in there someone like a Max Sassy. They're giving some time right now to Michael Stefanovic. These guys are giving you a 225 average or lower. Luis Ranifo has been able to step up, but certainly you've got a case in which you've got two not-so-trustworthy starters. You've got a case in which the bullpens aren't great, but both of these lineups are absolutely terrible. Brad Keller, he's been able to do a relatively solid job at home. I'm going to stick my faith in him, and I do think that Jansen Junk, not going to be able to give the worst start in the world, because I do think that he's going to be able to keep guys off guard. He does a good job of not walking Blocking a lot of guys, which I think is going to be paramount in this case. So I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3. I'm going to be taking a look at the under, but that said, I think that the Royals should be a bit more of a favorite. Set them minus 137. So looking Royals and looking under. 961, 962 on the betting board. We've got ourselves a DK Nation pick as it is the Houston Astros. They hit the road to face off against the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's, and Kadeshin Avied is going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston is a sizable favorite. Anywhere team minus 180, minus 185 between plus 155, seeing size, plus 170 your price on the A's. 7.5 is your total. Unders between minus 115 and minus 120. Overs between even and minus 105. DK Nation pick is going to be on the under. Semi total at a 6.6. Cole Irvin has been absolutely masterful at home thus far this season. Now, we might wind up seeing him get moved at the trade deadline. That is always something that winds up lingering, but with the Oakland A's, it has been a case in which they're looking for any sort of brightness whatsoever out of this team, and Cole Irvin has been able to provide that. A 308 overall this season in terms of the ERA, giving up a home run per nine innings, but take a look at what he's done in his nine starts at home. Buck 63 ERA, not a single home run given up at 55 and a third inning. So this is going to be a daytime game, and that means that the Marine layer is not going to be out. It's going to be a little bit more hitter friendly, but he's a lot of bonus hit, just a buck 99 off of him, and he pounds the strike zone. He is giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. Command has been there that you need that a little bit more out of Christian Javier because his walks per nine rate right in the neighborhood about 3.6 to a 3.7, but with Christian Javier, he's also getting a little bit over 12 punch outs per nine innings. He does have a 3.97 road ERA, but it's also giving up just two home runs in 34 innings on the road. And the good news is he's facing off against an Oakland A's team that the lineup has not been great. Now, 
going into Tuesday. They actually had erupted the previous two games with like 15 runs in the previous two, but this is still an Oakland A's team that going into Tuesday was hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200 overall as a team this season at home as got so many guys that have been unable to get on base for you. You do have Seth Brown, Sean Murphy, coupled with Ron Laureano, all giving you between 10 and 12 home runs. Those are your top three home run hitters for this team, and among guys that have seen at least 40 at-bats, you don't have a single guy that entered into Tuesday hitting above a 247 as You do have Murphy along with Chad Pender, both hitting in the neighborhood about a 245 to a 247. They are the only two guys that wound up seeing the plate that were in the starting lineup yesterday, hitting above 236. Meanwhile, for the Houston Astros, they've been dealing with a couple of ailments of their own, as you did wind up noticing that Jose Altuve wound up getting the day off yesterday. Kyle Tucker has been able to give the team 18 home runs. He's hitting a 250, but the entire catcher spot, J.J. Matevich, Alamendiz Diaz, Yuli Gurriel, Jake Myers, are all hitting about a 245 or lower. Alex Bregman as well, but Alex Bregman does have an on-base percentage. It's right around a 350. Jeremy Pena has been able to about a 265 for the same chance. McCormick. He's been a little bit up and down as well. And with the Astros, you're able to feel very good about this bullpen. Number one in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Ryan Stanek has been a godsend for this team. He has, going into Tuesday, a 0.79 ERA. It's been incredible. Seth Martinez, Rafael Montero, sub two ERAs out of them. Ryan Presley, Brian Abreu, they've been able to do a nice job. And for the Oakland A's, you've got a quadrant of guys in Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, A.J. Puck, Sam Wall, all posting up a sub three ERA as well. Cole Irvin has been good at being able to fill innings. So my DK Nation pick here is going to be on the under. I feel like the Astros should be a sizable favorite. I set them at a minus 164, but now being able to get plus 165, plus 170 on a guy in Cole Irvin who has been just as good as he has been at home, probably he's going to be able to lend a lot of length in a game that I think is going to be very low scoring. I'm willing to take a look at that as well. So I'll be taking a look at the A's on the plus price. DK Nation pick though, that is going to be on the under. So that'll be the write-up for that. 963, 964 on the betting board. The Walker, Texas Rangers at the road face off against the Seattle Mariners. Marco Gonzalez is going to be going for the M's and John Gray, 55 shades of John Gray on the bump for Texas. A little bit curious here. We currently have no numbers up on this game. I am not sure why we've got no numbers up on this game, but we've got no numbers up on this game, but... With that said, I did wind up saying Marco Gonzalez, a minus 138 favorite, and I set my total to wear an 8 or less. I'll be taking a look at an over 8.5 or higher to the under. With Marco Gonzalez, the big fear that you've got with him is a deep ball. He has given up right around 1.45 home runs per 9 innings as far as the season, and especially at home. He has been taking deep quite a bit. 9 home runs allowed in 59 innings as far as the season, but has been able to do a nice job being able to hold down the fort. I do think they might be doing for a little bit of regression because he has given up right around 3.2 walks per 9 innings. His strikeouts per 9 rate is below 5. It's just not necessarily cutting it there, but he's been able to do a good job keeping the ball in the yard. A 374 ERA despite all of this, so I do think that that is a little bit of a worry spot. And for John Gray, he has been solid this year. He's been able to punch out right around 9.7 per 9 innings. You take a look at him on the road and it hasn't been paramount, but at the same time, it's passable. 374 road ERA compared to a 293 at home. He's given up just six home runs in 65 innings when he's been on the road with opponents hitting at 224 off of him. So certainly has been able to hold down the fort, giving up right around 2.7 walks per nine innings. But with the Seattle Mariners, this bullpen ERA of this team has been a point better than any other team in the league over the last five weeks. These guys like Diego Castillo, you're able to throw in there Andres Munoz, all these guys that struggled at the beginning of the season. They have shaped up and they have been masterful. Penn Murphy has been able to give you good innings. 
You've had Paul Sewell be solid all season long. And then for the Texas Rangers, we have seen the bullpen really decline ever since Joe Barlow wound up going on the injured list. Brock Burke has been able to give you a sub two ERA along with Matt Moore, but you have not been able to get good innings out of someone like a Jonathan Hernandez. We've seen the fall off of Dennis Santana along with Garrett Richards. And for Garrett Richards, boy, it's not going well for him as he has an ERA of an 871 in his last 10 appearances. And when you take a look at the lineup of the Rangers, you've got a lot of balanced power with this team as Cole Calhoun, Jonah Heim, Marcus Simeon, Nate Lowe, all between 11 and 14 home runs entering into Tuesday. And a lot of like-minded bats as well with Corey Seager, Simeon, throwing their eight Elise Garcia with his 18 home runs. These guys are all in between about a 240 to 250. Corey Seager, 23 home runs thus far this season. And Leody Tavares has been with about a 340. But on the flip side for the Seattle Mariners, the return of Julio Rodriguez yesterday, very big. He and Eugenio Suarez, 16 home runs thus far this season. Both of these gentlemen right around a 335 on base. Rodriguez, we all remember what he was able to do in the home run derby. We shall see if there's going to be a little bit of hangover from that or not. But Cal Raleigh tie France, both of these guys have 13 home runs. Raleigh's had a little bit of a tough time getting on base as he, along with Kyle Lewis, you're able to throw in there. Dylan Moore, you've got a few other guys that have been not necessarily doing a great job being able to put back to ball hitting at 230 or lower, but Jesse Winker says coming off of his suspension right around a 350-ish on base with France. He's been able to hit about a 312 for this team. Carlos Santana, ever since he's gotten to Seattle, it's been good. Overall for the year, he's hitting a 213. That has been a little bit less than stellar, but they picked him up off the scrap heap, and in his 21 games with Seattle, it's been able to hit right around about a 210 for this punch. He's been able to supply five home runs and 68 at bat, so he's been able to give a little bit of power in. I do think that this Seattle Mariners bullpen is going to be able to be formidable. Once again, Marco Gonzalez might wind up giving up a few runs, but I think from there, they're going to be able to hold down the fort. Set the Mariners at a minus 138. Andrew looking at an over 8 half higher to the under. 965, 966 on the betting board. It is the Tampa Bay Rays. On the road facing off against the Baltimore Orioles as Tyler Wells hopes to do Wells for the Orioles and Drew Rasmussen is on the bump for Tampa Bay. Rays are finding themselves between a minus 115 to a minus 120 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Baltimore, you're going to be getting them anywhere between even money and seeing size of plus 110. Total on this game, it is 8. And with the 8, the over and the under are both at minus 110. If we get up another penny, I'm willing to take a shot on the Orioles. I'm willing to take anything north of a plus 110 if this winds up dipping down a little bit and we are able to get the race more around a minus 110. I'd be willing to take a shot there. So waiting on a little bit of a line movement there, but felt like the Rays should be a slight favorite in this spot because Drew Rasmussen has been able to be a formidable pitcher. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and just blow your doors off or anything like that. He gets right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Opponents hit a 237 off of him. He gives up though only about 0.95 home runs per nine innings. He has given up a few more on the road as he's given up five home runs at 39 innings on the road with a 415 ERA, but still, by and large, he's been able to do a nice job for the team. And then you take a look at Tyler Wells, and the team has won 6-1 in his last seven decisions, so he's been able to do a very solid job with this team. The team has lost each out of his last two starts, but prior to that, they wound up going on an eight-star winning streak when he was out there. Now, he wound up getting lit up a little bit the last time. We wound up going against the race, giving up three runs in five and two-thirds innings on the road against them. But for Tyler Wells, you know that he's going to be able to give you some length because he's done a nice job in terms of the command. His walks per nine rate this season is a 2.3. He's given up 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but as we able to do a solid job, of being able to hold down the fort at home. Opponents are getting a 221 off of him. He has been giving up a home runs per nine rate while he's been at home. More around about a 1.3 to a 1.4, but still has been able to do a nice job keeping things out in front of him. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they back him up with a top five bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues. Felix Batista along CNL Perez, Ore Lopez, 
throw in there. Even Joey Creeble, Keegan Aiken, all these guys have been posting up a ERA of a 262 or better. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they've done a great job with their bullpen. J.P. Fireisen, he has been out of the fold for quite a while, but now they wind up getting back Pete Fairbanks. You've had Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, along with Matt Weisler. I'll give you sub three ERAs as well. Luke Bard has been able to give the team some nice innings. Big thing for the Tampa Bay Rays is that their lineup has been a little bit depleted. They do have D-Man Choi along with Andy Diaz, both giving you at least a 365 on base, but Yu Chang along with Roman Quinn, Luke Rayleigh, Vidal Rujan, whatever he's got in FS, Brett Phillips, all these guys, I think a 210 or lower, but Brandon Lau, he's been able to make a little bit of impact since he's been able to return. Isaac Paredes only in a 225, but he was able to go yard yesterday for his 14th home run. That leads the team. And then for the Baltimore Orioles, got a lot of guys that have been able to do a good job of being reach base. As you've got Ramon Urias along with Cedric Mullins, Trey Boomer Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, and Austin the Sayers kid in between the 260 to a 268. Mountcastle and Anthony Santander have been able to combine for 31 home runs as far as the season. Orioles, not necessarily a ton of power, and you do have guys at the bottom of the fold, like a Ore Mateo, Robinson Chirinos, Ruben and Odor hitting a 215 or lower, but certainly I do think that this is going to be a well-pitched game. I think that the Rays should get a little bit of an edge. I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 110 with the Rays. I'd be willing to take a plus 110 or greater with the Baltimore Orioles. So waiting on a little bit of line movement here. If it moves in favor of the Orioles, I'll be on the Rays. If it winds up moving in favor of the Rays, I'll be on the Orioles. And this is a spot in which I did wind up setting my total at an 8.2. So seeing the 8, I'll be taking a look at that over as well. 967-968 on the main board. The Cleveland Guardians, they're on the road facing off against the Boston Red Sox. As Nathan Evaldi is going to be going for the Sox. And you've got Cal Quattrall on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland is an underdog of any team. Plus 110 and plus 125. Meanwhile, in between minus 127 and minus 135, your price on Boston. 9 is the total. Over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. I did wind up saying my total at 8.3. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. And with the Red Sox, I'm willing to go up to a minus 134 with them. Cal Quantrill, a very solid pitch to contact guy, but certainly someone that can wind up getting lit up quite a bit. And for Cal Quantrill, he seems to just give up three runs at every one of his starts. Really nothing more or nothing less. And he does have a 453 road ERA. He's given up just four home runs in 43 and two-thirds innings on the road. But you would like to see him be able to be a tad bit better in terms of the command. Right around 2.7 walks per nine innings. With him only being able to generate right around 5.8, 5.9 strikeouts per nine innings. You would like to see that be more around like a 2.4 to a 2.3. Meanwhile, Nathan Eovaldi, the deep ball has been hurting him quite a bit this season. 18 home runs allowed in 75 and a third innings. He wound up pitching in that calamity against the Toronto Blue Jays, which I'm just going to throw that out because I mean, he wound up getting credited with all those runs that came on that Grand Slam that just should not have been credited to him. One of the most pathetic displays of defense I've ever seen in my life. So I am willing to say, you know what, that probably should not have wound up counting in prior to that start against the Toronto Blue Jays overall for the season, posting up a 334 ERA. He has been a little bit rough at home. If you include that start, he's got north of a 6 ERA at home. I think that it should be more like a 5 with not being able to credit that in. For the Boston Red Sox, even though they are dealing with a few injuries, they still have a good lineup. J.D. Martinez wound up returning to the fold yesterday. He's been able to have 300. You've also got Xander Bogarts, Rob Rebsteiner, hitting above the 300 as well. Having Rafael Devers out, that hurts. He's the best home run hitter for the team. And Trevor Story has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. As a result, you've got Bobby Dahlbeck, along with Yomer Sanchez, Kevin Plowecki, guys, hitting below a 220. Currently seeing at bats for the team, but even Christian Vasquez has been able to right around a 275 for the team. Alex Verdugo does a good job of being able to keep the line moving. And for the Cleveland Guardians, not a team with a lot of power, though. Nearly double the amount of homers. 
that they have at home. You've been able to get that on the road. So they've been much better at being able to go deep when they've been away from Cleveland. You've got Amin Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Stephen Kwan, Josh Naylor, along with Andre Semenis, all hitting at least a 280 for this bunch. And Ramirez has really been the RBI guy for this team as he's been able to go deep 19 times, been able to supply 79 RBI. He's in the top five in the league in terms of runs batted in. Nolan Jones has even been able to hit right around a 280 for this team with the Guardians. Bullpen has been a little bit up and down, and it was a bullpen game for the team yesterday, so it's going to be all hands on deck. Emmanuel Class Hay has been solved for the team. Eli Morgan, same messages. Their former starters and had good starts to the season out there in the bullpen. That has fallen off a little bit, and for the Boston Red Sox, their bullpen ERA over the last three days, it is in the bottom five in the big leagues. Austin Davis has seen a fall off. Jake Diekman, both providing north of four ERA, but Tanner Oak still has been relatively solved for the team. He's posting up right around three ERA. Eric Alzasado, Mora, John Schreiber, they both have been able to provide a sub-350 ERA as well, so I do think that Nathan Evaldi going to be able to go out there, give a relatively solid start against the Guardians team that they've got a bullpen that is relatively depleted, but I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring affair in this one with the way that neither of these teams necessarily have a lot of power to go deep, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot, wanting to lay up to about a minus 134 in this spot with the Red Sox as well. So looking Red Sox, I'm looking under 969-970 on the betting board. It is the Detroit Tigers. They're going to be playing OC Slime Diego Padres. Hugh Darvish is going to be going for the pause, and Derek Skubal is going to be on the bump for the Tigers. Tigers are between plus 110 and plus 125 underdogs, between minus 130 and minus 135, your price on Slam Diego. 7.5 is your total, under is minus 120, and the over is even, and for the Tigers, no question about it, they have been one of the best under teams in Major League Baseball this season, and at a 7, I'd be willing to take a look at the over, because I did wind up mentioning it with our good friend Chris, the fact that you do have a guy in Hugh Darvish at so ever since he wound up getting to San Diego, it's actually closer to 2.4 points higher in which his ERA winds up climbing when he's on the road rather than at home. But he certainly has been significantly worse when he has been away from San Diego. But it is a case in which with the Padres, you got much more of a trustworthy lineup than that of the Detroit Tigers. You just take a look at this Tigers team and... You don't have too many guys sitting above a 220 for the team as Javi Baez, Jameer Candelario, Cody Clements, Spencer Torkelson, who's now at the AAA level, Tucker Barnard, Akil Badu. I mean, shall we go down the list? Robbie Grossman of guys hitting a 220 or lower for this bunch. It has been really bad. You still don't have a single guy that's been able to give you a double digit amount of homers. And for the San Diego Padres, Manny Machado is hitting right around the middle's line of 200 this month, but still has been able to provide this team with right around 15 home runs. Noah Mazar has been able to hit nearly a 300. Eric Hosmer or Alfaro. These guys are hitting right around a 275. And then, as mentioned by Chris, you've had Hassam Kim be able to pick it up a little bit. He's got a 325 on base. EJ Cronenworth, Drickson Profile, as a matter of fact, I have at least a 325 on base. And the Padres, they've got a formidable bullpen. Taylor Rogers has been able to give you 20 plus saves. Hasn't necessarily been the most secure 20 plus saves, but he's been able to give you 20 plus saves. Demel, it's not necessarily been too terrific either, but Demel Crisman, coupled with Luis Garcia, both of these guys have a 350 ERA or greater. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of Nick Martinez since he's been relegated to the bullpen. And for the Tigers, really the best aspect of this team is the bullpen, as you do have so many guys that are posting up a sub 350 ERA. Michael Former, Andrew Chafin. Alex Lang, all these guys have been solid. And for the Tigers, they do have a top five bullpen in terms of just the entirety of the team. And for the Tigers, it's been rough going for Tyreek Skubo recently. He, along with pretty much the entirety of the team, currently on the trade block. And for Skubo, 
he's been able to do a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up right around 0.7 home runs per nine innings, but does have a 433 home area compared to a road area, hovering right around a 357. And you take a look at what he's done over the last month and a half, over his last eight starts, he has given up at least three runs at all but two of them. So that has been an issue. Meanwhile, for you, Darvish, he's coming off of a very nice start that he wound up having on the road against the New York Mets, in which he allowed just one run. Now for Darvish, mentioned it, the home and road splits, they are not great. 475 road ERA compared to a buck 94 ERA at home, giving up four home runs in 60 and a third innings at home. Seven bombs in 55 innings on the road, but I do think that he's starting to shape up and being able to go up against the Detroit Tigers, you know what? That'll be able to help out your road ERA as well. I'm going to lay it up to a minus 136 with the Padres, so we're looking there. Semi-total at 7.4. Would not be surprised if at some point this moves to a 7 and at a 7, I'd be looking over, but at the 7 as I'm seeing right now, looking at an under 971-972 on the betting board, it is easy Minnesota Twins. They throw it. They're facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers as Corbin Burns is going to be going for the Brew Crew and Chris Archer is going to be on the bump for the Twins. The Twins are finding themselves as pretty sizable underdogs between plus 160 and plus 170. Meanwhile, with the Brewers, between minus 185 and minus 190 is their price. Eight is the total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even minus 110. And with Corbin Burns, I do recognize the fact that he has been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home, but I'm going to be one to trust this under. I do mind up saying my total at a 7.3. And with Corbin Burns and company, I did wind up making him a minus 208 favorite. And as a matter of fact, with the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm willing to lay a very small price on the run line as well because I mentioned it with Chris that you cannot expect to have Chris Archer go more than five innings because he's not exceeded five innings all season long with the Brewers. You're finding them even money on the run line. I need at least even money to be able to take it, but I'm going to be willing to take a shot here, and I laid it out with Chris Archer, the fact that he hasn't been able to lend a lot of length in with Chris Archer. The walks per nine rate is right around a 4.2, and quite frankly, he's really lucky that he does have worse than his 341 ERA. He has been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings. The strikeouts per nine rate, that is in the neighborhood about a 6.7, 6.8-ish. He has actually been better on the road than at home this season for 13 home ERA compared to a 270 ERA on the road, but also giving up six home runs in 33 and a third innings on the road. So he's been very fortunate on the balls that have been put in play and the fact that the home runs that he's been giving up have been solo shots. Meanwhile, for Corbin Burns, I mean, the strikeouts per nine rate has been off the charts with him. A little bit over 11 punch shots per nine innings. Mentioned it with home and road splits. 279 home area compared to a buck 57 on the road. A lot of this is because he has been giving up a few more home runs at home rather than on the road. But by and large, has still been one of the best pitchers in the league. And he's backed up by a bullpen with Devin Williams, who has given up zero runs in 33 out of his last 34 appearances. We talked with Chris about the struggles of Josh Hader, and it is really bad. He's posted up in ERA pretty much north of six in his last seven appearances, so that has not been too terrific for the Milwaukee Brewers, but Hobie Milner has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA of Longth, right, Boxberger, and for the Twins, as I laid out with Chris Archer pitching, you've got to take a look at the bullpen, but they do have Yon Duran, Griffin Jacks, pair of guys they're able to give you multiple innings. A pair of guys that have a sub-3 ERA. Typically, at least one of these guys wind up piggybacking off of him. Now, when you get into, like, Caleb Theobar, it's not necessarily been too terrific. Emilio Pagan, fortunately, he's injured because that has not been a good situation for the Minnesota Twins. But Jarrell Cotton has been able to give you some relatively solid innings as well. And for the Minnesota Twins, you just need Byron Buxton to get on base a little bit more because he's only hitting right around at 215 to 220 for the season. But 
He's got a home runs per at-bat rate right around 11.5, 23 bombs overall for the season. Actually, 24 home runs with going deep yesterday. And on top of that, you do have guys that are able to get on base by an Jose Miranda, Gio Urshela, throwing their Alex Kurloff. In between about a 262-270, Carlos Correa is able to hit 280. Luis Arias was out of the fold yesterday, but he's been hitting a 340. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you don't have as much of that. You've got one guy that has seen more than 50 at-bats this season, and Mark Brasso that is hitting above a 260, though. The Brewers were able to bust out with the bats yesterday. You do have Hunter Renfro who's been able to give you a home run every about... 15 or so at-bats thus far this season. He, William Adams, for Brody Tellez between 17 and 19 home runs apiece when it comes to Luis Odias along with Tellez and Adamas. So they're all hitting a 230 or lower. You do have Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro lying between about a 242 to 255, but could use a little bit more consistency with the bats, but I do think that the Twins need to go to the bullpen for quite a few innings in this one. That's going to put them behind the eight ball in the way that Corbin Burns is pitching. Even if the Brewers only muster three or four runs, that's going to be good enough, in my opinion, to be able to cover this run line. I'm willing to take the Brewers at even money or better on the run line. Set my total at 7.3, so look at Brewers' run line to go along with the under. 973 and 974 on the bang board. The Chicago White Sox are on the road facing off against the Colorado Rockies. Antonio Sensatella is going to be going for the Rockies, and Lucas Gilito is on the bump for the White Sox. 11.5 is your total over and under between minus 105 and minus 115. Giolito and company are between a minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite for the Colorado Rockies. It's a routine plus 120, seeing as high as a plus 128. I would need to get up a little bit north of plus 130 to be able to take a shot. Meanwhile, with the White Sox only willing to lay up to a minus 132 here. You take a look at the run line right now, and you're finding the Colorado Rockies if you're getting a run and a half, being anywhere between about a minus 120 to a minus 125, getting a minus 125 or better, I would rather take a run and a half here with the Colorado Rockies rather than anything else. Because, I mean, right now you're finding the White Sox as right around minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite. And you're finding the run line being right around like even money to a plus 105. There's just no value on that, in my opinion. Now, a lot of this is because we do end up seeing higher scoring games out there in Colorado, and we're going to call it what it is. Antonio Sensatella gives up a stink load of contact as for Antonio Sensatella thus far this season, his strikeouts per nine rate, that is in the neighborhood of about five, and opponents overall are hitting a 362 off of him, including a 367 at home. He has somehow, someway fought his way to a four ERA at home, though, giving up a right around one home run per nine innings. He's not going to put guys on cheaply, gives up a little bit over 2.1 walks per nine innings, and you cannot say the same about Lucas Giolito. Giolito this season, 3.2 walks per nine innings, giving up 1.7 home runs per nine innings. So even though you do wind up having Sensatella giving up much more contact as Giolito, a little bit over 10 strikeouts per nine innings, he does a better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. And for Giolito on the road, nine home runs, give it up in 52 and two-thirds innings, actually a little bit better than what he's done at home thus far this season. But still, not been too terrific as Giolito, a 427 ERA on the road. And he's backed up by a bullpen that's been a little bit shaky. Ronaldo Lopez, along with Jimmy Lambert, our pair of failed starters have been okay out there in the bullpen. And then you do have that duo of Liam Hendricks, along with Kendall Grayman that have been terrific, but Joe Kelly still has north of a 6 ERA. It has not been a good year for Matt Foster, who's got nearly a 5 ERA. Tanner Banks has been a little bit up and down. And then for the Colorado Rockies, Lucas Gobreth, sub-2 ERA at home. North of a 6 on the row, but at home, he's been relatively solid. Daniel Bart has been a nice closer for the team. Losing Tyler Kinley hurt the team, but over the last 35 days, sub-4 ERA for the Colorado Rockies, despite the fact that they do play at Coors. And 
or the Colorado Rockies. And elevation, this bunch has been terrific at being about the deep ball. Going into yesterday, hitting about .6 home runs per game on the road compared to 1.2 home runs per game at home. CJ Crone, for instance, 22 home runs as far this season, 15 at home. Brendan Rodgers, all nine of his home runs have come at home. And you've got these guys with just demonstrative home and road splits. Someone like Randall Gritchick hitting right around a 280 at home compared to a buck 80 on the road. We have been seeing a guy in CJ Crone just firing all cylinders at home with a 352 home batting average, sub 230 on the road. Someone like Chris Bryan has been able to above a threader at home as well. So you got a lot of guys who have been able to do a solid job there. And for the Chicago White Sox, best road batting average out there in the league as you do have Andrew Vaughn, Luis Robert when he's been out there as he's been dealing with light-headedness and injury. Tim Anderson along with Jose Abreu only at least a 290 for the team. But with the White Sox, you don't have a single guy over 13 home runs this season. Their home runs on a per at bat basis. It is in the bottom seven in the big leagues. Yes, Manny Grandal has not been able to find it all season long because he's been injured. Louis Garcia said a season to forget. AJ Pollock has been a little bit of a buster Rooney. So I do think that this is a spot in which we're getting up a little bit too lofty with regards to the Chicago White Sox with the Rockies right now. I would need at least a plus 130 to take them on the money line, but seeing that they're getting a run and after right around a minus 120 to a minus 125, I'm willing to take a shot there, especially with both of these bullpens being less than trustworthy, and I did wind up saying my total at an 11.7, so you're at the 11.5, I'm looking over, and right now with the Rockies, I'm willing to take a run and half, getting that at 125 or better. 975, 976 on the bang board. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing us to the St. Louis Cardinals. Adam Wainwright, Waino is going to be on the bump for the guards, and Kevin Gosman is on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is anywhere between minus 230 and minus 240 favorites. Meanwhile, anywhere between plus $2 and plus 210 is your price on St. Louis. Eight is your total over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. Needed at least a plus 185 to take a shot here on the Cardinals. And I do recognize, don't worry, this is in the handicap that Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, not going to be in the fold for this game, but I'm still willing to ride with Adam Wainwright in this game. Now with Kevin Gosman, he's got a fielding independent that indicates that he should see some positive progression coming, but we've been asking this all season long, and Kevin Gosman has been giving up a lot of contact in general. That contact has not resulted in a lot of home runs as he's giving up right around .5 home runs per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, it has been very solid with 10.5 punch outs per nine, but still, he is someone that opponents are hitting very well right now. An opponent's batting average, as a matter of fact, of a 278. That balloons to a 308 when he's at home, 367 home ERA with in his 49 innings at home, giving up three home runs. That's actually worse than what he's done on the road now. The command has been on point. He's been giving up right around 1.7 walks per nine innings, but after Adam Wainwright had a little bit of a tough first month or so of the season, which is walks per nine rate, that was in the neighborhood of four ever since then. That has went very, very low as take a look at his last five starts. He's had a walks per nine rate more around a two and a half. Now, Adam Wainwright, in the last five starts that he's had, he's had a 362 ERA overall, 340 for the campaign, and he has been worse on the road than at home. 481 ERA on the road compared to a home ERA of a 201, but still does a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up one home run per nine innings. He's backed up by a Cardinals bullpen that they really didn't have any guys miss the trip due to COVID vaccination status. Gennis says Cabrera, he's going to be out there. He's going to be able to give you a sub-2-5 ERA. Ryan Elsley 
a sub one ERA. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of someone like Zach Thompson, who's able to give you multiple innings. You on Oviedo, Packy Naughton, they've got a sub three five ERA as well. And for the Blue Jays, the bullpen has been able to shape up a little bit. David Phelps, Tim Mesa, they've got sub three ERAs. You've been able to get some good innings out of someone like an Adam Simber as well. But you saw the St. Louis Cardinals be able to get to Jose Barrios yesterday, and even though they're without their main two matchers in the team, and they really don't have anyone other than Juan Yepes, who's been injured, that has a double-digit amount of formers outside of those two guys. You've got guys that are able to move the line. Tommy Edmund, Dylan Carlson, both are hitting right around a 260 for this bunch. Brendan Donovan saying a 275. Nolan Gorman has seen a dip in his batting average. He's only a 225 along with Albert Pujols, but Tyler O'Neill, he's had a little bit of a down year. Would not be surprised if he's able to bust out in this series. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, you do have Lagerer Jr. 21 home runs thus far this season. He has been rock solid, hitting a 280, and then Alandra Kirk along with Lourdes Gurriel, both hitting in the neighborhood about a 310 to a 315. Bo has been able to give you double-digit amount of homers, hitting a 260 and Oscar Hernandez. Boy, it's very telling how much that injury was hampering him because first month or two of the season, guy was hitting right around the Mendoza line of a 200 towards the back half of May. He has been hitting over the last 15 days a 375, last 30 days more like a 335. So he has really been able to get online. But I do think that the Cardinals, with Adam Wainwright going, a good veteran, and Kevin Gosman being a guy that's given up a lot of contact in general, it does lend for the Cardinals having a little bit of value here, even without Nolan Arenado along with Paul Goldschmidt. I do think that the Cardinals. Cardinals have a chance to be able to win this game outright. I did mind him saying my total at 8.2. The Cardinals are a team that they do a good job of being able to play some station-to-station baseball, being able to just wind up creating a little bit of movement. I do like their bullpen as well, so I'm willing to take north of $2 here with the St. Louis Cardinals at my total at 8.2, so looking over as well, and we wrap things up with 977, 978 on the bang board. It is the Subway Series. The Yankees on the road against the Mets. Mets are currently listening to be determined as their starter, and Domingo Herman is going to be going for the New York Yankees. This game is currently off the board. I was seeing a little bit earlier that they were expecting Mad Max Scherzer to be able to take the bound in. Well, if you're getting Mad Max Scherzer here, you're going to be setting the Mets as a favorite. I've got the minus 142 if it is indeed Mr. Scherzer. If it were to be someone else, this is going to drop probably quite substantially. Like David Peterson would be more of a pick'em game for me, so that shows that between Peterson and Scherzer, there's about a 40-cent difference. But with that said, with Max Scherzer, he has been absolutely amazing for this Mets team all season long. He has been able to post up a strikeouts per nine rate that is getting up to right around an 11.5 to a 12. His home runs per nine rate is sub one. He's giving up about a walk and a half per nine innings. It has been incredible. He's actually been worse at home than on the road, by the way. 256 home ERA compared to a 208 on the road, but opponents overall are hitting right at a 201 against him. And for Domingo Armand, one of making his first start of the season a week ago against the Astros, did not wind up going as planned, gave up five runs in three innings. I think that it might be another short outing for him, but the good news is he's backed up by Clark Schmidt, who's able to do a solid job as a little bit of a long reliever. He's been able to do a good job holding down the fort with a sub-3 ERA. Lucas Lutke is able to give you multiple innings, and for Lutke, he wound up having a really rough start to the season. He's got a buck 46 ERA in his last 12 and a third innings over the last three days. He's able to give a little bit of long relief. Play Holmes has a sub-1 ERA. Ron Maranacchio has been good out there in the bullpen, and for the bets, they don't have as great of a bullpen as Drew Smith 
north of a 5 ERA over the last 30 days. Joey Rodriguez has not been too tremendous for this team. Seth Lugo is posting up north of a 3-5 ERA. Tommy Hunter has actually been able to give you some good production along with Adam Adovino, but I think that Hunter might be doing for a little bit of regression, though. Edwin Diaz, right now, one of the most dominant closers out there in the big leagues. And for the Mets, you do have that man in Pete Alonso. He's towards the top of the league in terms of RBI. He's been able to slug out 25-plus home runs thus far this season that has been able to carry this offense. And the good news for the Mets is that Sterling Marte of the Marte Parte is back, and he's hitting a 300 for this bunch. Had a big game yesterday. Brandon Nimmo has been able to about a 265 along with Marcana for this bunch of Jeff McNeil, Luis Galorme. Both of these guys are hitting above a 280 as well. Do have a couple guys towards the bottom of the fold, especially at the catcher spot. They're a little bit rough, but even after the Yankees, a little bit of a dead batter too whenever Joey Gallo gets at bats. It's not necessarily too terrific. I know that the much blind Aaron X does have a 367 on base, but doesn't necessarily feel that way. But you got Matt Carpenter, who has been amazing, hitting a home run every about seven and a half for bats, hitting above a three. Aaron Judge has been able to go deep thus far this year 38 times. Anthony Rizzo, John Carlos San, between 24 and 23 home runs apiece for those gentlemen. DJ LeMay, who's hitting a 280. Isaiah Canera Falefa has been able to right around at 275. Jose Trevino has been able to move the line as well. So I do think that the Yankees are going to be able to do a good job of being able to supply some help for Domingo Armand, but at the same time, I think that Armand has a chance of getting lit up a little bit. Good news for him is that he is pitching in a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but I do think that despite all those bats I listed off for the Yankees, the man that is going to be able to shut them down, Matt Max Scherzer, so as a result, made the Mets a minus-142 favorite. my total is 7.4 to wear a 7 or less, looking at an over 7.5 or higher to the under, and that will wrap things up for the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN family and podcast. A big thanks to our good friend Chris Sheehan does a great job over there at Monumental Sports Network. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you like here from this podcast. Find that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.